This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Good morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Karen Chatton from Gardnerville, Nevada, and you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for August 12th, episode 975. Good morning, horse world. When your start time's on Saturday and your finish time's on Sunday, and it doesn't get much better than best conditioned, and completing the challenge is the challenge. You're an endurance rider. Let me ride through the wide open country that I love. But don't fence me in. Let me be by myself in the evening breeze. Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees. Send me up forever. And there's about 100 people that did do that over the weekend. Uh, started on Saturday and finished on Sunday. And that's what we're going to be talking a lot about today. Of course, the Tevis Cup, it is the, the, the Super Bowl of endurance rides here in the United States. And I have Karen back. Of course, she's with us every month. Uh, and we're going to be talking a lot about Tevis today. Hi, Karen. Hi. Good morning. Thank you so much. I know you went through a lot of effort to get the interviews that we did today. Unfortunately, all the interviews, we don't have live, but we do have them recorded because it, the people just got finished with Tevis, and some are back to school. And, and I know you worked hard to get these done. Thank you for your efforts. Sure. <laughs> yes, I, I was kind of nervous on Sunday evening when I did, still did not have actually any guests confirmed for Tuesday morning. <laughs> they were sleeping. They were all kind of busy. <laughs> Well, you did. You got the you got the three we you know that we really hoped we would get on today, and I'm very excited about that. Jennifer's going to tell us about that in a minute, and you know we just have a lot more stuff. All endurance today, and the endurance I, I'm happy to report, uh, and I know that uh, your fans and followers, and the endurance fans and followers will be happy to know that endurance is still one of the top episodes here on Horses in the Morning every single month. And I think Great. it's your winning charm and personality, Karen. That's nothing. That's what I think it is. I'm going People just like that, to okay. hear us talk about horses, you know? That's right. That's right. And riding them long distances. Jennifer, uh-huh. what is coming up on today's show? On today's endurance episode, the engraving on the 2014 Tevis Cup isn't dry yet, and already we have the Hagen Cup winner, Barack Blakely, first-timer Jordan Held, who tells us about her harrowing first Tevis, and on the center podium, Heather Reynolds, the winner of winners, who stood around here on state on stateside soil just long enough to tell us about her win before she rushed off to Normandy. So stay tuned for the fray, folks. Thank you, Jennifer. You know, Karen, if you don't mind, before we get into uh, talking about horses and endurance riding, Last night, I think we were all shocked to see that Robin Williams had uh, passed away. And I'll tell you what, it hit, it hit me kind of hard, and I'm, I think it did Jennifer, too, because, you know, we spent so many years as actors and improvisational performers, 
And Robin was was the epitome of that. He was the one we all looked up to. There was nobody better at improv than Robin Williams. So he was kind of our hero and mentor as we were going through our acting stage of life. And I just was a complete shock. But it does go to show you that it doesn't matter your social status or your your wealth or 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 your you know anything else. Uh, if you right. have depression, it's a wicked disease. It really, truly is, and it, it it affects everybody, no matter the status. The same. It is is a tough one. Um, I know it's such a loss. So sad. And you know, he's one of those people, Karen. I think you'll agree with this. That you know, when when people die that are in the public sector, a lot of times they have their detractors, and they have people who you know, if it's political, then you got the other side, and blah blah blah. He's one of those people that I, I don't think there's anybody who didn't like Robin Williams. You know, how could you not like Robin Williams? Right, at least in something he did. He did so many movies and, you know, TV shows. I mean, everybody has their favorite. And he did so much. He contributed so much. It's just uh, a, a big loss. When I was taking a look at his credits today, we have all forgotten about most of the movies he's done because he's done so many. Uh, I came across Good Morning Vietnam. I came across that mm-hmm. uh, on TV the other day and actually watched part of it again, one of my favorite movies of his. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, just, uh, and of course, you know, we're old enough, I hate to say it, Jennifer and I are old enough to have watched Mork <laughs> and Mindy in the uh-huh. first round, not in reruns. So right. that's, where, that's where we really started with... Uh, with Robin Williams was Mork and Mindy, and, and then on from there. Of course, he made millions of appearances on The Tonight Show. He was one of Johnny Carson's favorites uh, and was just totally off the wall. I saw uh, a video last night of his first appearance on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Johnny wasn't disrupted by much or wasn't, you know, there weren't too many people that could one-up Johnny Carson. Robin, Johnny just couldn't stop laughing. He didn't say a word. I mean, Robin just went and did his Robin thing, and Johnny just sat there because he couldn't uh-huh. really do anything. It was very, very funny, and uh, he certainly is going to be missed. And, you know, I don't think they've totally nailed down, you know, they're saying suicide, but I guess they're looking into the possibility of it could have been other things. So we'll hear more of that as the autopsy and everything goes forward. But what, what mm-hmm. a great guy. What a neat uh a neat human yeah. being who had, who had troubles. And, uh, you know, it was interesting last night we're doing, Karen, we're doing this happiness challenge on Horses in the Morning where people are posting uh, something, a picture that makes them happy every day. And you're supposed uh-huh. to look for your happiness every day. And one of, the, one of our listeners posted on there, so sad about Robin Williams. He had everything to, li- li- uh, to live for, but it is a message to find something that makes you happy every day. So it just reminds us that our little happiness challenge is the thing that, you know, hopefully will help people from getting depressed, that you really do have at least one thing that's your little happiness every day. So um, mm-hmm. so we're hoping that uh, people keep playing along with that, and we thank everybody who has. And I'll just take up a little bit more time, because on Horses in the Morning here, we have been following an endurance race of all endurance races and that's the Mongol Derby going on right now. It is in day seven right now. Uh, as of, let me double check. I hadn't seen a new, oh, and uh, nope, there isn't a new blog post for day seven yet. I did check earlier, and this is how we have the leaderboard. We have Sam Jones. And the reason I know this is I was following him on the GPS tracker map, 
and it looks, according to the GPS tracker map, Sam Jones is a female. Out of Australia, is a mining operator at the age of 40, is in the lead by a good bit. She only has two more checkpoints to go, so I think she'll, she'll be in tomorrow oh, wow. sometime. Day eight, I think she'll arrive in, and then she'll have ridden 1,000 kilometers um, in eight days on ponies that nobody knows anything about, <laughs> and most of them aren't broke and have been bucking people off left and right during this ride. Uh, two stallions apparently got into a, a tiff on, on the ride yesterday, and they both dumped their riders and ended up beating each other up on the way back to, uh, they went back to camp. So wow. <laughs> it's been a wild ride. Jamie Peel is in second place uh, from Britain, a polo player at the age of 32. Robert Skinner is now in third place. Those two were, are, are, are uh, Jamie's kind of in the middle there. Robert Skinner, who's also from Britain, is a director at the age of 52. And Chris Maud from Britain also is an ex-jockey, and he's a valet now at the age of 45. Those two are neck and neck riding together, it looks like. Wow. Uh, and our, the one we were following, Madison Kaufman, Jennifer, I couldn't find her on the map. I looked at every little GPS dot, and I, I don't know whether she lost her GPS or she has uh -oh. called it quits or what, but uh, I don't have a report on Madison when their daily blog comes out, we should know more about that. But I don't see her anywhere on there as of this point. So I don't know what happened. Uh, she's a friend oh. of Jamie's that we've been an inventor from the West Coast we've been following. So it looks like Great Britain, three tops, or three of the four in Australia in the lead at this point. Is that Great. something you'd ever want to do? Um, only if I could bring my own horses. <laughs> I, those yeah, ponies not you look a little ornery to me. <laughs> Yeah, they are a little ornery. <laughs> you know, but after you've ridden them for eight hours, they probably settle down. I'm sure they do. <laughs> would you ever consider, you know, if you could, you know, would you do a race that that's long and, and that wicked uh, where you had to eat with the locals and find local tents and caravans and stops along would the way? That be interesting. You know, if I was younger, I probably would. <laughs> Not at this stage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've been through a lot of long rides, so you certainly know what they're going through over there. Uh-huh. Wow. Well, speaking of which, what have you been up to the last month here before we get into our Tevis coverage? Well, not a whole lot, actually. I do have a ride this coming weekend. If I go and do it or whatever, it'll be my 20th year anniversary from when I did my first 50 oh, wow. on, on, as an endurance rider. So that's Congratulations. Kind of cool. Thanks. And I did take my dogs to a, a dog diving competition with, if you've ever heard of Splash Dogs, it's where the dogs oh, yeah. run and jump as far as they can out into a pool to see how far they can jump. And we brought our two healers, cattle dogs, and one of them, she did really well. She loves it. She she would just run and jump out into the pool. The dog that jumps the highest and the farthest and really throws herself into catching stuff and loves to swim, and she wouldn't go in the pool. <laughs> I don't want any parts of that. <laughs> she, she would get on, we, we would show her the edge of it, and she'd reach her paw out and, like, feel for the water, like, where's the bottom? And... But if she's at a lake or a river, she just runs right in, throws herself into it. She jumps through the air to get frisbees and balls. But she wouldn't have anything to do with dog diving. <laughs> <laughs> there were other dogs in that water. Ew, cooties. <laughs> it 
it was so funny. But, you know, some of those dogs are amazing. They're jumping over 20 feet yeah. from a dock into the water. It's just, uh, it's so fun to watch them. <laughs> now, how far did yours get? Um, eight and a half. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a start. <laughs> but she's she's not real big, and you know she's nine years old. She just had so much fun doing it. We knew she wasn't going to be one of the far jumpers or anything like that. But she had a great time, and uh, you know we just wish the dog that really does jump the farthest and the highest and stuff <laughs> would have at least gave it a shot. <laughs> but we didn't even get one jump out of her. <laughs> so. Oh, well. So now you said it's your, tw- it's your 20th anniversary. I was just thinking about that. So does that mean that it's like a new saddle anniversary? Is there like benchmarks like with marriages where you get a new I saddle at your 20th? Or I don't bridal? know. Maybe a new trailer tire. <laughs> <laughs> or a whole set. <laughs> new trailer. Why not? Just go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Leah, um, we do have some of the uh, some of the the, the uh, competitors that were in the Tevis Cup. Did you watch any of it? Were you keeping track of it uh, over I was. the weekend? Yes, I had several friends that were in it, of course, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, they do a great webcast where you can go and look up your rider either by name or by rider number and follow them through the course and see how they're doing. And then some of the riders also carry their GPS tracking devices so you can actually go online and follow them and see where they are. And uh, it's kind of fun to watch. And, you know, it's exciting to see the people, you know, finish. It's also kind of heartbreaking to see the ones that, that don't. And there's just, you know, there's so many stories, and it's just so, um, you know, it's one of those rides that everybody, I think, tunes in or around the world to watch. This year, there were 186 riders that started and 107 finished, which meant there were 79 pulls. And because the weather was cooler, their completion rate was, I think it was like 61%, which is, you know, really high. Normally, it's less than 50%. And you've been in on that ride sometimes when it's been bloody hot, haven't you? Really hot and humid. Like the year before I, I did it, and I think at one point it was like 112 degrees with high humidity. And it's just you feel like you're in an oven uh, cooking. So they really got lucky this year with the cooler weather. I think that really helped increase the completion rate and, you know, reduce the amount of problems, you know, that they had with any horses and stuff. Tell us about this ride. For those that, you know, don't know anything about it, for the listeners around the world who don't know anything about it, why is the Tevis Cup the ride in the United States? What makes it that? Well, it's very challenging because it is difficult to complete, normally 50% or less finish. So it's a big goal for a lot of people. It's a point-to-point ride. You start in Truckee, California, and you ride across the Sierras and finish in Auburn, and it's got over 40,000 feet of elevation going up and down, a lot of technical kind of trail, which we'll hear about that with our uh, interviews that are coming up, and it's uh, just a very technical trail that you really have to 
you know, become a partner with your horse, I think, and, and I think that kind of stimulates people to want to do it because of that partnership and relationship that you build with your horse. Um, this year, uh, they're always trying to make the ride safer for the horses, especially. Um, they drew blood on each horse, and this is the third year that they've done it. I've, um, my horse has had blood drawn the last couple of years, and so they were able to take the blood work results from all of the horses going into the 30, I think it's 36 miles at um, Robinson Flat, and they analyze it on the spot right there. And then if the horse has their blood work show up in certain parameters that show that they're low on electrolytes or getting dehydrated, um, they've been able to determine, I guess, within a, um, about 80% likelihood of certain, if you're in a certain range, you're not going to finish. And not only are you not going to finish, but your horse might end up in real trouble, potentially. So those horses, when they find that out during the actual ride, while it's happening, while these horses are in on their hour hold, they list them on a board that they have to come back and do a recheck and have the vets double check them out and see how they're still doing, you know, and talk to the riders and, you know, let them know what's going on so that then they have a chance to maybe pull out of the ride or stay a little longer, make sure the horse really is okay before they continue. So I think that's kind of a neat thing that they're doing. Science is amazing, you know, <laughs> uh, things they can do. Now, is this, is this, you said, you know, obviously there's a lot of up and downs in this ride with the elevation. Is it rocky? Is it sandy? Is it just, is it uh, grass? Is it lowlands? Is it streams? Um, is it, it just everything? It's a little of everything. Mainly you're going through a forest. So, yes, there's rocks. There's places where there's big granite slabs and boulders that the horses have to, you know, kind of climb over and hop through. There's some spots where there might be a little bit of mud or mud bogs to get through. You know, just a lot of single track trail, which is also why it's an attractive ride. It's kind of, you know, fun that way. And it's just beautiful because you're riding through the Sierras, at, you know, at an elevation and getting to see such great scenery. If you turn around as you climb up from Squaw Valley, which some of you might remember from the um, Winter Olympics, and, and look backwards uh, as the sun rises, you can look back and see Lake Tahoe. And there, it's just some great scenery to see. And the picture that we have that we use every month of you climbing the mountain, <laughs> the rock mountain, that's a part on the ride, too, that we're going to hear a little bit about today with the interview. Tell us about that. Yes, that's Cougar Rock, and it's just a big chunk of rock sticking up <laughs> that uh, everybody wants their Cougar Rock picture, usually, and you climb up it, and it's, you know, there's a couple spots where the horses actually have to kind of hop up it or whatever. It took my horse doing it three times till he actually put out more effort than just walking over it. The first two times he just walked it, then the third time he actually did a little hop. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes for a dramatic photo because you've got this, you know, great background and it looks like, you know, really like you're on top of the world kind of. It's a pretty cool photo op. <laughs> and now there's an alternate route to that too? There is. You can go around, but the trail, I've never gone around, but I've heard that it's really narrow. And some of the people that have gone around, have, you know, had their knees banged into the 
the side of the rock. So, oh, you know, you're taking a chance either way you go. But I kind of figured, well, that was what was on the original trail for years and years and years. And um, really, the rest of the, I mean, it's just one more thing in a trail that's got a lot of challenge and difficulty to it. So might as well just go for it. And then uh, there's one other thing that came up in the interviews, too, I'd like you to explain so that people have an idea, is No Hands Bridge. What's No Hands Bridge? Yes, No Hands Bridge, originally <clears throat> there was no rails on it. It was uh, the bridge that went across <clears throat> the river down below, and it's pretty high up. And it was it's wide enough you could maybe drive a vehicle across it, or I think maybe they had a train that went, uh, train tracks originally at one point. I'm not entirely sure. But now they have railings on the side. But originally there was no railings. It was just... Uh, but I, I don't <laughs> care how wide it is. That has why would to, you put yeah. railings on there? Yeah, well, why do you need those for? Uh, it, it, that must have been terrifying. I mean, just I don't care how wide it is. The fact that there's the depth perception and just the perception makes it make you think you're going to fall off. And most all of the writers are crossing it in the dark. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Why exactly do you guys do this again? Let me, let me uh, find that out. I'm Why? not entirely sure. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's going to come up later, too. And I, I, I'm just trying to go over the things that I, we did. We had to pre-record these interviews yesterday because they were all in different states of uh, doing things and they couldn't make it this morning. But... I, I just want, for everybody, for people that don't know about this, I'm trying to clarify the little things that are going to come up in the interviews. Mm -hmm. Tell us about, you leave in the dark, you're leaving at 5 in the morning, and you're getting, well, some of them, one of our guests didn't get into 3.30 the following morning, which means almost 24 hours. So you're riding a lot, half of this ride in the dark. And are you using anything for light? It's up to the rider, and, the, you know, you do what works best for your horse. So some people use headlamps, some don't. Some put glow bars on their horse, you know, mainly so that they're um, easily visible in the dark to others so that people don't just run into you in the dark. The, the neat thing about the Tevis is they always run it, run it every year when there's a full moon. So uh, in theory, really? <laughs> you've got moonlight. However, a lot of the cloudy. time you're... <laughs> You're under tree cover, so you can't see squat anyway. <laughs> so, uh, but but there is the moonlight, which is really kind of cool because when you get to the part in the dark, uh, you're riding along uh, a lot of narrow switchback trails, and down below is the river, and the moonlight reflects off the river, and it's really kind of a pretty cool thing to get to do. <laughs> And as we'll find out from one of our uh, guests today, a little disorienting, too. So, um, boy, trust. Boy, you've got to trust your horse, don't you? And your horse has to trust you. <laughs> it's, it's, boy, it's... You do. You do. And, you, and, you know, the guest mentioned you learn to trust your horse. You really do. You have to trust your horse because they can see better than you can. And it's, you know, it's very humbling when you realize your horse is smarter than you are. <laughs> and he has his life in your hand. <laughs> well, all right, yeah. let's uh, we'll get to those interviews here in just a second. I'm very excited about that. But first, let's get your endurance tip of the month. Okay, I was just going to talk a little bit about what to put in your crew bag. Um, first off, um, you want to just 
put things in that you know you're going to need. And so that can vary depending on the type of ride you're doing. You know, like for Tevis, because it's point to point, and you're not going to be going back to camp at all. <laughs> you're going to a different, you know, to a finish line that's 100 miles away. You're probably going to pack a few more things for just in case. But for an average ride, what you want to put in your crew bag uh, now, what is your horse. the crew bag? It's for the crew, or it's for you, or it's, it's for you and your horse. And okay. they have bags you can purchase from vendors, you know, like the Distance Depot. I'm sure they've got uh, different types you can buy. Uh, with they have a lot of different compartments and stuff to put things in, or you can just use a gym bag or something. Are you carrying this along with you, or is the crew holding it for you? Yeah, your crew for, takes it with stop. you, or okay. the ride management will bring it out to the vet check for you on a lot of the okay. rides. So you Got pack it. it. And you don't want it to be so big and heavy that the volunteers can't move it easily. So you, you definitely need to watch how much you put in there and don't, you know, make it <laughs> so they're like having to lift an anvil or something. Karen, do they, char <laughs> do they charge you an additional fee if it's overweight? By the pound. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not, like, it's not like the airlines, but uh, the volunteers will grumble if you send something that's either too big, oversized, or too heavy, you know, because if, especially if it's a ride with 100 riders, that's a lot of work for the volunteers to be loading and unloading these and hauling them around for you. So they so, haul them from, from uh, stop to stop, so uh, there's one crew bag that just goes along with you, so to speak, on the ride? Um, not usually, because the okay. way the riders spread out, uh, gotcha. the, you know, you don't want to count on something getting moved to more than one check. So if there is more than one check, typically you would pack more than one bag. But ah, most of the it. time, you really only need to have your crew bag at the main stop, which is, uh, you know, a lot of the rides will have more than one vet check, and one of them will typically be 45 minutes to an hour, and then there might be another one that's got, you know, a 15 or 20 or 30-minute hold. So, you know, you just tend to pack for the main one, which will include, you know, like if uh, – you know, you want stuff for you. You'll pack your own lunch and, of course, what you want your horse to eat. So uh, on my list for the horse, things to pack in your crew bag, uh, hay. Um, some rides will provide hay, uh, it, you know, and then other times, even if they do, you're going to want to send your own so that your horse is, you know, eating the food that he's used to, although they always seem to like something different. So... You know, but it's always a good idea to pack hay. I use gallon-sized Ziploc baggies to put feed in, you know, any kind of grain, that kind of stuff that you want to send. If you want your horse to have treats, throw in, you know, apples and carrots. Um, any electrolytes, a blanket or a sheet, you know, um, especially if it's going to be kind of cool or raining, you're going to want to have that. A uh, feed pan to put the feed in. A small foldable bucket or a small plastic bucket so you can get some water usually to make a mash out of the feed that you're sending. Um, an extra hoof boot of some sort, an easy boot or a renegade. And you always need to check periodically and make sure you have the right size and make sure you have a boot that will fit both the front and the hind feet because you don't want to get out there, especially if you're out all day out of camp and have uh, 
you know, possibility of a lost or loose shoe. You want to be able to throw on a boot so you can make it through the ride. For the rider, you're going to pack your any kind of snacks or lunch if it's not provided for yourself, drinks, electrolytes for you, um, maybe some sunscreen, some toilet paper, uh, first aid kit, if there's any medication. I always like to have at least some sort of anti-inflammatory and some sort of uh, like a Benadryl or something in case you get stung by bees or something like that. Um, additional items you can bring uh, either in your crew bag or sometimes you might want to carry some of this on you would be desitin, uh, vet wrap kind of stuff, bandage material, um, a small foldable chair or stool. Of course, you probably wouldn't be riding with that, but um, rain gear, uh, a lot of times if it is going to rain, especially in the summer months, it doesn't rain until afternoon, so uh, it's just a good safety measure to send that in your crew bag or ha even have it on you. Um, some extra strips of leather or strong string in case you need to tie something up or fix something. Uh, your Leatherman kind of tool thing, a screwdriver and duct tape. That's a lot of stuff to carry. <laughs> it is a lot of stuff. Have, yeah. A lot of it's a lot of it's small. You know, the main thing is to have, you know, the food for your horse and for yourself. Right. And then you're pretty much set. You know, over the years, you you know, of all the writing I've done, I've kind of got it, you know, narrowed down to just send the stuff that, you know, you know you might actually really need, but not overdo it. <laughs> it's sort of like the people who head out to hike the Appalachian Trail for the first time. 99% uh, of them end up dumping half the stuff they had in their bag. They, they, one, they didn't realize they didn't need it, and two, it was too darn heavy. So uh, it's kind of right. the, you kind of learn that the hard way, don't you? Yes, yes, you do. Well, that's great. That's uh, some helpful hints for, uh, for our endurance tip for today. Appreciate that, Karen. And, you know, we're going to get to our first guest. We have the winner of the, how do you say it? Is it Hagen or Hagen's Cup? Hagen. Hagen Cup. Okay. Hagen Cup. We're going to have the winner of the Hagen Cup on here in a minute. But first, we have to hear from uh, one of our terrific sponsors. Her name is uh, Kristen, and she is from Distance Depot. And she helps us with our product review of the month, and that is some custom-made tack. So, and this is the biothane stuff. And I use biothane, actually, on, uh, on my pony for driving. So let's take a listen to Kristen from DistanceDepot.com. Well, I got Kristen back with me from Distance Depot, and we're going to be talking about a line of products today that uh, a lot of endurance and trail riders and other riders use as well. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Glenn. How are you? Good. So glad to have you here this morning, as always. Now, tell me, uh, what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about our custom-made beta-biothane tech that we manufacture. Oh, so you make it right there in California? We we do. We make it, yep, hand make it right here, all custom made to your specifications, um, right here in our shop in Freeman. Oh, wow. Okay. So what kind of things do you make? We, of course, manufacture bridles and halters, breast collars, reins, and all the accessories that go along with it, running martingales and so on. We do um, use a, a genuine biothane product made, also manufactured right here in the USA by Bioplastics. 
um, and for most of your listeners, I assume they're um, pretty familiar with biothane, although for those that aren't, uh, biothane is a coated webbing um, that has been in the equine industry for over 30 years. Um, it's widely used by lots of disciplines. Um, harness drivers, as you know. Yeah, I use, use biothane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep, and um, eventers, rainers, and, of course, trail riders and endurance riders, too. And um, we actually, since 2008, the Distance Depot has been the official beta biothane tax supplier for the USA endurance team. So we're oh, pretty wow. excited about that. So you're going to have some of your biothane maybe heading over to France? Yes, absolutely. Oh yeah, wow! Absolutely. That's yeah. really cool. What yeah. makes it? What you know? What makes yours different than others that they might see on the market? Um, we design our tack with your horse's comfort in mind. All of our folds go away from your horse so that he couldn't um, be rubbed. Um, this material, for those that aren't familiar with it, is very easy to clean. Um, it um, doesn't absorb sweat. It's waterproof very durable, um, and it won't rub or chafe your horse, and it doesn't get stiff when it's cold out either, so that makes it nice for those that um, live in the colder climates. Now, is it, uh, is it that real shiny stuff? Remember when biothane first came out, you, when we started using it in the 90s as harness, it was always the shiny, it looked like patent leather shoes. It was always very shiny. That's uh, right. But I, don't, I think that's changed now. We're going to more of a matte finish, right? It, it has changed. There are lots of different coatings available. Um, biothane, the shiny biothane that you're talking about, was the original material that um, Bioplastics manufactured. But now it comes in a matte finish. They call it beta biothane. It's softer, a little thicker, much more comfortable for your horse, which is also... We, we prefer to use the beta against the horse whenever possible, and then sometimes some folks still like that shiny look. But they can have their tag done all in, in, you know, with two different colors, and there's just tons of options to, to fulfill everyone's needs. And so what are the advantages? So obviously the, there are several advantages to, to using biothane, the reason that the endurance riders and trail riders and drivers all use it. I use my main reason is because it's so easy to clean. Like I hadn't cleaned mine in about a month, which I know is bad. I I'll go ahead and write me emails. Um, but I hadn't cleaned my harness about a month. My poor little pony was looking, you know, his harness was looking a little full of hair and dirt mm -hmm. and sand. And I, you know, it's just so nice because I can take, I can hose, I take a rag and just uh, with a little bit of soap, and I hose it down, and that's it. I'm done. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we've even heard stories of people putting it in the top rack of their dishwasher. Um, I've heard so. that too. I've never tried that. I want to put <laughs> a bridle in there with a bit and everything. <laughs> That's right. I just rinse mine off after every ride, hang it up. I dunk it in a bucket and hang it up, and it's good to go for next time. It Aren't still you being like fancy new. rinsing it after every ride? <laughs> yeah, I'm guilty of that. <laughs> I will tell you too, there are um, lots of new colors um, since the end of 13 and in 2014. We actually stock um, 50 plus colors Whoa. and patterns. Yeah, and we have new colors, camo um, with pinks and oranges. We have USA flag patterns, and they've actually come out with two new beta colors this year, teal and electric blue, um, and some new reflective colors that we use for um, some of the high-tie neck collars. I, I'm pretty sure Karen uses one of those. But, um, yeah, it's exciting to have some new colors available. And that's what one of the other reasons that endurance riders and trail riders like it is you can do colors because they're all into mix, oh, uh, mixy matchy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, that's terrific. And where can people find out more about your biothane and your custom your custom work? 
Well, they can find it all at thedistancedepot.com. And if you have any questions about all of the options, because there are many, feel free to give us a call at 866-863-2349. We'll be happy to help. Okay. Um, I also want to mention that uh, Kristen at Distance Depot has discounted tax sets. So if you purchase an entire set that includes a bridle, a breast collar, and reins, then you can get an uh, entire set at a great price starting at around $160 and up, depending on which options you choose. And the nice thing is you can get colors, because you know, us drivers colors, are into colors as much as you endurance riders. So. <laughs> customize stuff every which way you want, which is like really cool. And, and that's the cool thing with Biothane, because it lasts forever and ever. So the only reason you ever have to get new tack is because you want a new color. Because <laughs> it just never works out. There's, there's a certain disadvantage in that for the people who sell the beta biotech. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know, I know. But you know, most people have, each horse has their own colors and stuff. And it's always fun to get a new color and to, you know, match all your stuff. It's kind of fun. So are we ready to, to uh, do our first guest? Sure. Okay. Well, our first guest is an awesome rider. He's already quite the horseman, and he's only 15 years old. And it's Brack Blakely. He's from Oregon. He just won the Hagen Cup at Tevis, which is the horse that the vet committee uh, nominates to be in the best condition. But the Hagen Cup is a little different than regular best condition with AERC and that there's more criteria that are used to select the winner. It's also uh, given to the person uh, based on their horsemanship and their sportsmanship as well as how well their horse looks. So it's quite an honor uh, for Barack to have won this. He is the youngest rider to ever win the Hagen Cup. And he was riding the oldest horse to ever win the Hagen Cup. Huh. All right, let's take a listen. Good morning, Barack. Thank you for joining us, and a great big congratulations to you for being the first junior ever to win the Hagen Cup. Oh, thank you very much. So tell us, how old are you? Oh, I'm 15 right now. And how old was your horse? And he's 17. Wow. And how long have you been riding endurance? Right about nine years now. Wow. So you started pretty young then, didn't you? Yeah. I did my first 50 when I was six. Oh, wow. Okay. Tell us about your horse. Well, he's, he's a complete Arab straight Arab and, like I said, 17 years old. And we got him from a lady she's, she was getting out of endurance at the time. But she raced Arabs down in Bay Meadows and whatnot, and so we got her. She gave the horse to us because she know she knew we really liked him. Um, one time, me, and my dad, and her were racing, and she was riding the horse that I rode, and my dad was riding another horse, and you know he really complimented her on the horse, and so she gave him to us. Oh, that's great! And his name is MCM Last Dance. What's his barn yeah. name? We just call him Emmers because there's a lot of M's, you know, M-C-M. <laughs> okay. And 
So what do you like about the Tevis? It's it's really addicting, you know. I mean, it's such a challenge. And even when you say, I'm never, ever coming back, you, just, you can't <laughs> help it. You said that. You know? <laughs> I, I, I've thought it. I haven't said it. <laughs> At least you're honest. <laughs> I, I think most people do do that. They go through that phase, and then uh-huh. they get over it, and then they can't wait to go back and do it again. What part of the trail do you like the best? I I really like coming over Watson Monument down into Granite Chief Wilderness, and I think that's just an incredible view. You look, and it's just, oh, my gosh. And then uh, coming up Cougar Rock, you know, you're kind of excited and you know, you're already moving along. Your horse is feeling good. I don't know. The entire trail is incredible. It definitely is. So how does your horse handle the start? Uh, he's usually really excited and kind of a little bit hot and whatnot, but he was doing really good. The, the start this year was really calm compared to the the previous years, and so he did really good. Oh, good. So you ride with your family. Tell us about them. Well, um, I, I have one sister. She's 13, and then my mom and dad. And last year, we all rode as a family. We just wanted, we went slow because we wanted all of the family to complete. That's when I got pulled at Francisco. But it's, it's just a lot of fun to ride as a family and, and something that you, you really don't want to give up. Right, and so what happened this year with who rode in your family and who finished? My sister, she she rode last year, and so she was she's taking a little break this year, and so my dad, my mom, and me, I all rode, and then my dad got pulled at Francisco's, and and he pulled back a little bit. His horse wasn't he. he sometimes he'll ride my horse to get weight on it, and my mom's mm-hmm. horse, and then so when we ride it. Seems, we seem real light to the horses, but so his horse wasn't as well trained, and so he pulled back a little bit. And at Francisco's, he got pulled for lameness, and then we went on and yeah. And you were riding with your with your mom. Yep. Wow, that's awesome, you guys. That's great. So then, after you finished, what what tell us what happened during the night with taking care of your horse. And getting ready to show for the Hagen Cup in the morning. Um. Well, we, you know, you come in. We came in, I think, around 11. I'm not real sure. And then you have to show your horse again within an hour or two to make sure there's, they're not in metabolic trouble or something. Mm-hmm. And so, right. and so we did that and all that. And then, um, oh, it was kind of neat. But a guy come up. One of the volunteers comes up and says he wants to put a. He he wanted to put the top 10 sticker on the trailer. All the top ten horses get it, and you know we've we've never had that before. So close, but <laughs> we were just super excited. You know, kind of hit us, man. And then the next morning we got ready for showing for BC. We got up around six and walked the horses, and then around well actually three, and then six, and then around seven, and then about every hour. And then uh-huh. my horse, he gets he he really kind of gets pretty excited every time I ride him, and gets kind of. He just had to wake up a little bit in the morning, so I rode him mm-hmm. around a little bit bareback and just woke him up, and then, yeah. And so, had you practiced ahead of time? No, we really wanted to. You know, we're, we we always said, well, we should probably practice and stuff, but we never got around to it. So we just, <laughs> you know, 
started to laugh. So you just did the real thing for real the first time. Yeah, we, we you know we we ran them in circles and stuff, but not never on anything like that. Wow, that's just that's really terrific. And so, what, how many hundreds have you finished? Is this your first hundred that you finished? No, I finished in 2012 or 11. I finished Tevis before. Okay. And then, okay. And I think that was my first hundred, and I think this is my second hundred. I've done 75s and all that, but not, yeah. Wow. And so it sounds like you're ready to come back again and try again. Oh, yeah. I'm, de- I'm definitely coming back next year, you know, horses permitting. Oh, great. So what, what goals do you have? for for you for you and for your horse uh, I'm not real sure I mean we I, I think for, for me it's just the the whole reason we have horses is to have fun and mm-hmm. and so we, we just like to ride as a family and and that's that's what it's all about for us and so actually we've we've been it's been offered that we I I go and uh, race over in France you know as the junior team and all that but we we, we turned them down because, you know, you're part from the family and whatnot. And, and so we just kind of want to just have fun, basically. So how do you fit in your training and conditioning along with school? Um, we, we'll go a lot of times after school. We'll go for a few hours and then on the weekends. And we, we usually try not to pull out of school. But when we do, it's not, I'm not too bummed. Oh, <laughs> gotta stay home from school and ride. Boy, that's every kid's dream. Yeah, I know. Are you missing school today? Nope. I my school doesn't start till August twenty fifth or something like that. Oh, good. That's great timing. Yeah. Good. Good. So, what grade are you going to be in? I I'm going to be a sophomore next year. I'm pretty sure. In high school. Yeah. Wow. Now, do you okay. have do you already have plans on what you're going to do when you graduate? Or do you know if you're going to go on to college or not? Or are you going to stick with the riding full time? Well, I'm I'm already apprenticing to be a horseshoer, and you know we're working down in so we live kind of in Oregon, and so down in Southern Oregon there's a lot of big not Southern but like Eastern Oregon there's lots of big ranches, and so we'll we'll go there and do 20 horses a day. And wow. you know I'm apprenticing trimming and whatnot, and so that's that's pretty good, you know. And it makes me anyway. How many horses does your family have? I think we only have fourteen, fifteen. Only, so, <laughs> only fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious. Tell us how your ride went from No Hands Bridge in. How fast were you riding in that part in the dark? Um, we, we weren't going too fast. We, we, I had glow sticks on my horse. My mom had them, but she didn't, she didn't crack them or break them. And so we, we just kind of moseyed on in. We didn't want to go too fast because of, um, you know, pulsing and whatnot. My mom's horse, he's, um, national show horse. And we have a couple of them and they, and they don't, they're real strong and they got great legs, but they don't pulse real great. And so we're trying to, we just kind of wanted to go so so that he would pulse within the requirement, and so, but but we just wanted to basically stay ahead of the guys behind us, and so I took off. Right. And so I, I I had three glow sticks and I just took them off and threw them beside the trail so that 
you know, we're stuff writing. Wow. Well, you must be a real strong writer to be able to, you know, finish, well, that well, first of all, in the top ten, but to write, you know, some of those sections in the dark are pretty technical. Have you pre-written any of the toughest trail in the daylight before? Um, in, in 2011, I think um, they they did the, the reverse one. It was you right. know, to, to Chicken Hawk and then back. And so we, yeah, we that was the only time I've written it in the daylight, I think. Okay. So what are you going to do next? Um, I'm not really sure. I'm going to, you know, just basically eat and sleep. And <laughs> Smart man right there. Smart man. <laughs> How do you feel? I, I feel, well, right after I thought that I didn't want to do it ever again, but I feel <laughs> a lot better already. Definitely, you know, sore, but I'm going to do it next year, hopefully. Wow. that's We're so proud of you, and uh, congratulations. I mean, being the first junior to win the Hagen Cup is just an awesome uh, accomplishment. Thanks for talking to us, and have a safe trip back, and good luck on all of your future rides. Thank you very much. What a neat young man. He was uh, very articulate, and it, I think it's kind of neat that endurance riding is one of the only sports that you can do as a family and actually ride together, you know? Isn't it great? Um, I know. Yeah, that's kind of neat. I mean, you know, all the other sports, yeah, I know a lot of uh, uh, parents and children that event or do dressage, but they can't do it at the same time, you know, together. It really is a family activity, and look at him turning down a uh, chance to go to Europe and do all of that because he <laughs> wants to keep it a family activity. You know, he is... He knows what he wants. And, and how fun. Uh, it sounds like he's having a great time. And, and the way he talks, I mean, he talks like an old pro because he is. He started this at six. <laughs> at six years old. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, how neat. And he made it sound so, so, so nonchalant. And the eye just took my glow sticks off. I couldn't see a thing. didn't matter. I didn't want to get caught. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That was awesome. <laughs> That's funny. What a neat kid. We're going to hear another one here in uh, in, a, in a minute. We have uh, Jordan coming up, who was with us last month. But uh, we're going to hear from her right after we hear about Renegade Hoop Boots because there was another horse in this race that was 22 years old that finished, and that horse was using Renegade Hoof Boots. If you want the ultimate in hoof boots, then you need to look for the American-made Renegade Hoof Boots. Many, many horses in the Tevis Cup are using them. Karen uses them every single time she rides. And if you are looking for a tough boot in a multitude of colors, then the Renegade Hoof Boot is for you. You know, don't believe us. Take a look at all of the riders out there on the course wearing them. That is a testament in itself. If you can find them all at RenegadeHoofBoots.com, you'll see Karen's picture right there on the homepage. And you can uh, select a uh, one of the many sizes and colors to fit your needs and your horse's needs as well. RenegadeHoofBoots.com. So, Karen, our next guest, uh, we I had a chance to interview her with you yesterday after she got home from school. Tell us about Jordan. Jordan was on our show last month, and we talked to her about getting ready to do the Tavis. And fortunately, she had a really good ride this year. She completed in 50th place at 3.31 a.m. on a horse that she trained and conditioned herself. 
And yes, after riding 100 tough miles over the weekend, she had to go to school on Monday morning. Wow. That's dedication right there. Wow. All right. Let's hear from Jordan. Well, hello again, Jordan. Thank you for joining us on the show. We're so looking forward to hearing how your Tevis ride went. Oh, no problem. So congratulations. You finished 50th at around 3.30 in the morning. So tell us about your ride. It was, um, the start was very nerve-wracking in the dark and uh, with all those horses going around. um, I haven't seen anything like that. And um, I was happy to have Rachel Lane come sponsor me, my best friend. It was awesome to have her there. We took the whole day going really slow, um, just at a moderate pace, just to try to keep going. We were good at the vet checks and everything. Um, the whole day went just excellent. We took our time at the vet checks because we were really early to all of them. So we had the horses eat their mash and everything. It was awesome. Did you go over Cougar Rock? No, I didn't. You went around no it? No way. I was so scared. <laughs> Maybe that save that for scared me, so no. Next time. I was going to ask about that. I heard that you had said that that first part of the ride was really scary. It was what was scary about it? The cliffs. <laughs> the cliffs. And all the horses just all there was pretty pretty nerve wracking because I haven't seen anything like that before. And um, <sighs> after I after the day just went on it, it got better and it was just like a normal endurance ride. Oh so. good. Well and how did your horse do? Excellent. Awesome. And remind yeah, I got us, a lot of I, I got a lot of compliments from the vets. Great. Remind cool. us again what breed he is? He's Arabian. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, and you trained track. and you trained him yourself, right? I trained him for the Tevis. He's already done endurance. He's my cousin's horse, so mm-hmm. um we just trained him uh for the Tevis. We brought him out of pasture and just brought him up. Good. So what and was your favorite part of the ride? Probably the finish line. <laughs> that was probably the best part, best relief ever. Well, you started at what five in the morning and got done. Th- you 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 were almost out there twenty four hours. I know that was a really long day. I bet. <laughs> All I wanted to do is finish because that horse has a perfect record, and I'd feel bad if I broke that record. So I was just planning on finishing. Oh, well, we're so glad that you did. Um, And you had to go to school on Monday morning after that, right? Yes. Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, very sore. How was that? I just look like a zombie. Everyone's like, uh, Jordan, I had like two of my teachers came to Tevis and watched me finish. One stayed up all night um, till 3.30 just to watch me with this kid. Oh, Another wow. one was praying for me the whole entire way. I'm like, this is awesome. And then I went to go see him um, at school, and I didn't let my emotions. I was pretty tired. <laughs> <laughs> I was really tired. I bet you are. When did you get up on Sunday morning after the ride was over? Um, 8.30. Oh, okay, so you you've got what an hour's worth of sleep or two <laughs> yeah i didn't couldn't sleep it's hard for me to fall asleep that night after i finished yeah because you were so excited uh-huh. so jordan what was the hardest part i saw something on there was one point uh, apparently and i saw this on someplace I, I forget where it was quoted but you you really you have it karen didn't you 
Uh, there was one part of the ride where she was quoted as saying, this is the toughest thing I've ever done. Yeah, the scariest. <laughs> scariest, yes. <laughs> so so what was the scariest part of the ride? Um, nighttime. Not just nighttime, I've never huh? touched a horse so much in my life. <laughs> and there's some oh pretty steep I, cliffs there. We didn't ride there, with any there. glow sticks. Oh, you didn't? Or, okay. No, we only had a headlamp just in case there was any emergencies. And there was a few times... I couldn't see the trail at all, which I thought I did, and I steered him in that direction. I thought the trail was, and apparently it wasn't. And he jumped Uh-oh. up to the right side of the trail, and I was like, oh, my gosh, you just saved my life. Like, there was a few times like that going down the um, Clifty Trail when I was leaving, and it was it was pretty scary, but I learned how to trust that horse. <laughs> Good. Good. Really and you quick. Thought, you thought that was more scary than going through Granite Chief and Elephant's Trunk and some of those yes. like Pucker Point sections? I do. I think that was the scariest part because um, you could see all the way down to the river, and it was at night, and uh-huh. my eyes were all messed in. I could see. I was, oh, my gosh, I was seeing things like crazy. I was so tired, and then I just didn't want anything bad to happen. Mm-hmm. And who crewed for you? Um, my parents. My grandparents also came out to help crew for me. It was their first endurance ride they've ever seen me do oh, or wow. be there. Um, Rachel's family was there, and I had my teachers there. So yeah. So you had you had a great support team. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. You and got how's a, your you, horse. You had a good doing? one. I just wanted to say you had a good one with Rachel too. She's actually a neighbor of mine here in Florida. Um, oh. and she, uh, we've had her on the show before years ago. We had her on the show after she finished, uh, she came in second, I think. Um, uh-huh. yeah. and, and, uh, she's, she's neat. You had a good one. Yeah. There. She's, she's awesome. Did you two stay together the whole time? The whole entire time. She was, uh, my sponsor and she also picked up another, another girl, um, along cause she needed a sponsor. So we all three finished together. Yay. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, how's it's your horse forever, doing? But we all, oh, he's doing awesome. Awesome. Good. He's pulling on me the whole entire ride, <laughs> ready to go. I'm like, uh, we got to go slower. <laughs> well, great. All We're so color. happy that you had a good ride and, and you finished and had a great experience. When you finished, did you already want to do it again or did or were you yes. thinking, I never want to do it again? You know, all I, want, I was thinking about is to get my buckle, but... I don't know. I just want to do it again. It's so much fun. Everyone there was fun. All the um, volunteers there were super supportive, super nice. Lots of them helped me out so much um, with the mash and everything. People filming my horses. I couldn't have done it without the volunteers. Jordan, what was the sorest today? (laughs) What was the what? The sorest. Your legs, your butt. What was the sorest? Weirdly, my ankles. I don't know why, but it's mainly my ankles and uh, my arms because he pulled on me so much. But yeah, oh. that is. Well, that downhill. I'm good. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, it'll get better. Just keep moving around. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wanted to ride today, but I don't know. Sometimes with my family. <laughs> well, how's your horse uh, doing? What What was the sorest on your horse? Was he uh, walking a little slow? No, 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 no. <laughs> he was, he was at every he was single vet walking. check. He was just perky and everything. He was awesome. Yeah. I'm like all the vets um, complimented complimented him um, the whole time. So it was really cool. 
Great. I bet you were so happy when you did your final check and got your completion. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I was a little (laughs) tired after when we were going around the track at the finish line, but I was really happy. Yeah, well, great job. I'm so glad. So good job. Well, another cool young person, I I think you guys have more young people in the sport of endurance coming up, and that has to be exciting for you because that's a problem in every discipline. Yes, and the kids are great, aren't they? They're so honest. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to be right 100 miles. I think part of it, too, is endurance. You can't buy your way into endurance. If you want to finish the race, I mean, just finish the race, much less win, it's you hard work. To, you have to you work, work hard. I'm sorry. Yeah, you can't you just can... buy a really pretty outfit and a million and a dollar thousand horse. dollar horse. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you have to earn it. It's hard work. And these kids are I mean, are you really can buy dedicated. the $100,000 horse, but you still have to condition and get it there. Yeah. <laughs> so. You're the one sitting in the saddle for 24 hours. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That is a difference. That is. And there's such, there's such good riders. Just like with Barack, I heard that one time on a 50-mile ride, the saddle was bothering his horse, so he took it off and did most of the ride bareback. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. That's I know. Tough. <laughs> That's dedication. Okay. Add that to the crew bag, spare saddle. Saddle, yeah. yeah. <laughs> saddle wow. that fits. Well, we are uh, going to take a break for our song today. We have coming back with the winner of the Tevis Cup. She will be with us in just a minute. But first, we're going to hear from Templeton Thompson with a song called, appropriately enough, The Long Run.
That was Templeton Thompson. You can find all of her music at templetonthompson.com. That song was called The Long Run. You're listening to Horses in the Morning. I am Glenn Geek here with Karen Chatton and Coach Jen in the producer chair. We are doing the special Endurance Day episode of Horses in the Morning here on the Horse Radio Network. We are uh, going to hop into our next interview. And, uh, of course, Karen... She always delivers and got us the winner of the Tevis Cup two days after the Tevis Cup happened. So tell us about Heather. Heather Reynolds. She's been competing in endurance since she was a junior rider. She's got more than 18,000 miles herself, plus numerous successful completions and wins on international rides. Uh, She's the 2014 Tevis Cup winner. She previously won the ride in 2013. She's currently on her way to France right now to complete uh, or to represent the United States at the WEG. Uh, She's closing in on her husband's three Tevis Cup wins, now being only one behind. Um, Good morning, Heather. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us and a great big congratulations to you for your recent Tevis win. Well, good morning and thank you. Well, tell us a little bit about the horse you rode. Uh, The horse that I rode is a 14-year-old gelding who was gelded at the age of nine. Um, He ran 89 starts on the flat track and... uh, (laughs) His legs are really clean and tight, so he's a pretty incredible wow. animal. He's not quite 14-3. Um, his registered name is French Open. His barn name is Hadia, which means gift, and I call him the Hildebeast. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he's a fun ride, though. <laughs> he's really, really fun. He's, he's pretty He's pretty neat. He has a lot going on in there. He's great. Okay. For the, he's great out of the gate, I bet. At the start? <laughs> just... Oh, yeah. Actually, he was surprisingly relaxed. His pre-ride, I've ridden him in two races now. I flew out to California about a month before Ted to take him through a 50 to get to know him, because I had not ridden him before that. Um, and he is actually much more excited and disagreeable on his pre-ride than he is at the actual <laughs> in itself. That's kind of nice. And it was at Tevis. He started doing a little bit of a rodeo and kind of ran off with him. And then the Tevis start, he was perfect. So, is that uh, guys? Is that uh, common that we would have uh, uh, racing Arabs that end up being good endurance horses too? 
Uh, it's common for me. Okay. Um, most of my horses, pretty much every horse that I have, ran on the track beforehand. This oh, is not my oh. horse. Okay. Um, this is a friend's horse, but I would say it's, it's relatively common. Okay. Okay, well, I, I've heard you've had some conversations with this horse on the trail. Tell us about those. Um, well, yeah, he, he has his opinions. <laughs> um, he would like to be going faster. He used to have more opinions, I guess, but Mark Sherman and Hillary Bachman. Mark Sherman is the trainer that's been working with him. Hillary Bachman is his owner. So he's come quite a long ways uh, from when he first came off of the track Till now, he just had really strong opinions, and he didn't know what to do with them because he didn't know what endurance was. But he just knew he had to have an opinion. So <laughs> now his opinions are kind of focused on going the right direction down the trail. Um, but he's, he's very strong. Let's put it that way. Well, I bet he is. And do you sing to him too? I've heard. Um, sometimes, yes, <laughs> I I tend to do that. Yeah, the, the song of choice for Tevis was the Beastie Boys song "Coming Down the Mountain." <laughs> it's appropriate. That's how he is. Yeah, <laughs> that fits. You said you had a he had a bucking fit. What that was that before the race? Did you have any moments in on, the race? That was on Friday. That yeah. was on Friday. No, during the race he was an absolute gentleman. You know, at what point did you go? I could win this thing on this horse. Um, actually, just leaving the last vet check, I thought that we had a few bumps in the road along the way. Um, you know, to manage during the race itself. Uh, and then leaving the last vet check, I felt like he could really do it. I mean, I knew all along that he had the capability to do it, but because of the little glitches throughout the day, I was wondering. Well, that was an exciting race to the finish among the three of you that were there in the lead. Tell us about your ride in from Nohans Bridge. Uh, well, we all got to Nohans Bridge together, and then I decided to take off from there. Um, and Hadia knows that area extremely well because that's where Mark works him. Um, so from the bridge in, you don't need to steer that horse. He knows exactly where to go. I didn't have to make choices. He just was on, it was like selling nightmare kit, take me home. <laughs> and then he just went. So <laughs> I said, kit, take me home. And my night rider went and I just hung on for dear life. And then I really don't know that trip nearly half as well as he does. So it was kind of like Mr. Toad's wild ride. I mean, I, didn't I know bet. Up or down. So I was just hanging on, going, oh, I think we're going to go right. And all of a sudden, we'd hook a strong left. He was like, wow, okay. <laughs> and I just laughed. <laughs> uh, he had no idea where we were going, and he knew with full certainty where we were headed. And for those and, that don't know, at that point, you were in the dark, right? It was completely dark. I could barely see his ears. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> and, and, and that's we not going a... about 20 miles an hour. Oh, wow. And that is not a flat trail either, Glenn. It's still up and down. There's still some narrow spots. You know, it's not the best footing to be going that fast on in the dark. That must have been just insane. Yeah, it was pretty exciting. And that horse is so sure, but he didn't miss a beat. I mean, it was incredible. It was pretty thrilling and amazing to just sit back and let him do things. And so you just, you passed them right at No Hands Bridge is when you took the lead? I started riding together. And so I just went faster at that point. I, apparently, he I went a lot did. faster. Yeah, wow. a lot faster. When we made it from the bridge to the finish in a little under 25 minutes. Wow. And, and how far is that about? I think it's four and a half miles up. Wow. And it's up and technical and single track. And yes. Dark. Yeah. And dark. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You're very brave. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So tell us about a little bit about your crew. 
Uh, my crew is amazing. So Hillary was the head of the crew, uh, who's the horse's owner. She's extremely experienced in that. She's helped me at so many big events. Um, she was on my crew back in the day when I was riding Crystal's Charm. Like she's been there forever. So anyways, uh, she was the head of the crew. My parents were there. Uh, my friend Cassandra DiMaggio, her and her mm-hmm. son. And then we had others join in throughout the day. So that was the core group of the crew. Wow. Now, now, was your husband riding this race? No, he is on the East Coast right now. There are two horses that are loading up on an airplane at 3 a.m. tomorrow morning to go to France. Yeah, you don't get much break here, do you? No, so I'm, I'm going to the next little ride. I'm on my way to the airport now. <laughs> You'll see different scenery there. That'll be yeah, different a little scenery. different scenery, no cliffs. <laughs> <laughs> less, less dirt and sand. You'll have uh, more green. Uh, well, we're riding on the beach, so we'll have some sand. There and you you'll go. be done before it's dark, too, I'm sure. Yes, that is the goal. Yes, be done before it's dark in France. <laughs> wow. Well, I saw your pictures. Everybody was dressed in pink. Yep, that was, I told Hillary that I wanted to wear some pink on the ride just because I enjoy the color. And then she got the crew all involved with the pink. <laughs> and coordinated. Well, that's yeah. great. And so are you going to ride Hadia anymore on any other future events? Um, I don't know. It's possible. Uh, we haven't really discussed it, um, but it's possible. Can I talk about the wind picture, the cowgirl wind picture? You look good. All, you, you you clean up well, too. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Yeah, no one recognized me. <laughs> yeah, but I almost didn't recognize. I looked at the wind picture and said, is that Heather? Yeah. <laughs> There's the person with the horse in the wind picture. I did not the writer that wrote in last night. <laughs> <laughs> It was funny though. It was it was a it was a it was a good surprise, and you oh, followed well, through you. on the whole pink red thing. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Just if that was they. intentional or not. Okay, so, so what, tell us. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. After you finished the ride, Heather, tell us what then. What did you do with the horse and with yourself after you were finished? Well, when I was finished, I was spoiled because my crew, mainly Hillary and Cassandra, completely took over on the horse, and I got to go bed in a hotel. So Great. I was I was off uh, the clock at that point, and they remained going pretty much all throughout the night. Um, the horse got walked roughly, you know, every three hours or so, two and a half, three hours, um, so he wouldn't stiffen up. Right. And this horse, I looked him up, and this is about his fourth ride season, it looks like, and he's been doing uh, quite well for uh you know, he's already had a pretty long career considering he's raced on the track. Yeah. Yeah, and 89 starts is a lot of racing on the track. <laughs> yeah, you're lucky he came out of that without any uh, uh, tendon issues or leg issues at all. Yeah, his legs are amazing. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. Well, before we let you go, I just have to ask you, what is the schedule now for WEG? Will you... Uh, you're going to be, the race, by the way, is August the 28th. It's a Thursday is when the the endurance portion of the WEG will happen. Uh, yep. So tell us what your schedule's like ahead of time. I assume, uh, it, will there be any practice rides over there? or, or not? You Well, the, the horses are flying uh, mainly tomorrow. They'll arrive at the stable in France on the 13th. Um, and I should arrive simultaneously to the horses at the stable to receive them. And then the team will probably, you know, we'll take care of the horse, do some really light work with them. Uh, I'm assuming the riders will probably go maybe get to sightsee for a day or two. It's really limited on sightseeing because our focus is the horses. And make mm-hmm. sure the horses are ready, rested, and completely ready to go. So 
uh, yeah, we'll just do some light work with them. We'll probably go check out some of the crew points and things like that. The road crew will go and map out their routes so that when there's traffic today, the ride, they've got alternate routes. Um, yeah, and then we'll hopefully sleep the night before the race and go have a great time. <laughs> Is it different for you uh wag is it uh you know does it do you put any is there any extra pressure because it is kind of a team event than let's say a tevis would be um i guess so i i tend to handle pressure really well so for me if i'm not having fun i shouldn't be there so it's as as evidenced by the wind picture heather so yeah so if it's stressful i'm not doing it right so you know for me personally it will not be that stressful It'll be just like going to another ride. Uh, the biggest difficulty in the, the wig-type rides is getting the horse to the event. But once they're there, everything's fine, and you're pretty much good. Wow. Well, and now you're recovering from winning Tevis, and your husband's recovering from from doing the Western States 100-mile run. Yeah. You, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are just crazy athletes, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, pretty much no rest for the wicked, I guess. <laughs> wow. Well, I hope you do both get rested well up and have a successful trip um, at WAG and everything goes well for the team. Congratulations again on winning Tevis and, and good luck. Well, she mentioned a video in there. Where, where can people find the, the post-ride uh, video that she did with a reporter that knew nothing about uh, endurance? Yes, that was great when uh, he asked her how you know, and she's in the lead, you know, and he asked her something about how many people did she pass or, or whatever. Well, <laughs> she was already up in the front. So she, you know, she just went faster. That's how she won. <laughs> so you can go to YouTube and just do a search for Heather Reynolds wins 2014 Tavis Cup. And you, you can see that interview of her um, right after she finished the ride. And just a few minutes ago, you saw on your Facebook page a picture of her husband with their horses uh, loading the plane, right? Yes, they're literally on their way to France right now. And, of course, they're on their way to France for the World Equestrian Games 2014. So, Karen, who is on the team uh, for the United States this year? Well, we have Heather Reynolds, Ellen Olson, Margaret Sleeper, Jeremy Reynolds, Kelsey Russell, and Jeremy Olson. Oh, and Valerie Canavy, looks like, um, that are all on their way over to Normandy, France. Well, that's exciting. I think they they have a shot of doing good things this year. Uh, there are total, there actually is a record of 49 nations that ha are going to be competing in the endurance competition this year. It's 260 riders with 348 horses. So it's wow. a big field. And that, those were the ones that were nominated. So there'll be probably around 230 riders by the time it's done. Uh, and of course, with 230 horses, because you can't ride two. But um, uh, it, it's, uh, that's a big field to start. And if anybody's seen the start of one of these uh, FEI endurance, endurance races. I watched the start of the WAG at, in Kentucky, and uh -huh. all these horses takes off like bat out of hell. It's like <laughs> it's a 100-yard dash, and they're all just flying out of the start gate, and there's hundreds of them. It's just amazing to watch. Wow, except it's a 100-mile dash. Right? I know. Wow. <laughs> I know. It's like you guys are all going to kill each other before you even get out of the thing. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, you know, 2010, just to remind everybody, we had a Spaniard that won, uh, Maria Mercedes Alvarez uh, Pontan won uh, on a horse called Nobby. 
had the shortest name of any horse that was ever uh-huh. a endurance horse in the history of endurance horses. Uh, and then two of the shakes came in next, uh, you know, uh, so they were second and third. And then the endurance team, as far as teams in 2010, uh, United Arab Emirates uh, won, France second, and Germany third. So let's, let's hope the United States can get on the leaderboard there. Right. Well, I bet this will seem like a piece of cake to Heather after she... Um went that fast in the dark from no hands bridge into the finish at Tevis. Oh my gosh. That must've been some ride. (laughs) This is August the 28th. It's actually uh, in Normandy, of course, and they're going to be riding on some of the beaches there in Normandy. And of course, everybody knows what those beaches were, uh, you know, all those years ago. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of a historic ride. They're going to get to see some of the historical monuments and places along the way during that endurance ride. So it's going to be kind of neat for them. They'll be seeing some scenery they haven't seen before. Well, let's hope all the horses arrive safe and sound and that they have a great ride. It's very technical. According to the test ride, everybody that rode the test ride uh, what, a couple months ago said it's a very technical ride. It's uh, not as mm. much open as it is technical. So that should be that should be good because, you know, it's kind of that way with what she just got done with Tevis there. Um, so, you know, it should be should be good for the U.S. team. We'll see how we'll see what happens. So. We'll wish yes. them all luck. You can watch it on FEI TV on August the 28th. That's a Thursday. Well, tell us about upcoming events here in the United States. There's probably too many to talk about again. Well, there's tons of them. Yes, there's most months during the summer. There's p- between 40 and 50 rides on the calendar. So there's there's uh, quite a quite a few to choose from. If you want to look up for your region, go to aerc.org and click on the ride calendar, and then you can choose the region you're in. They're, they list them by state, or you can just click to view all of the rides that are on the calendar and scroll through and, and see them. And it's a great way if you're new to the sport to to find a ride that's near you and go help out, go volunteer or just go hang out and uh, meet some of the riders and some of the people and, and see what takes place. If you're new and you um, need to feel like you want to, you know, get a little bit more personalized help, the AARC has a great mentor program. Uh, If you go to their website uh, on the left-hand column, uh, look for uh, the word mentor and you can click on it and you can find somebody that's near you or, you know, with everything being online these days, <clears throat> there's plenty of people that are on the list that you can just email or call and get personalized help and advice and get started. Very good. Thank you, Karen. Of course, your website is? Um, KarenChatton.com. And if you go there, I've got... Uh, I did uh, last month's tip was what to carry with you and your saddle when you ride. I've got a blog post up with that. And I've also got uh, several posts up you can search for to find that talk about what what to carry in your crew bag and all sorts of other um, useful information. I've got lists of stuff for, you know, packing for rides and crewing and all sorts of stuff that's on there. Very good. And of course, you can find us here at Horses in the Morning five days a week. We are here um, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m., usually live during those times, except for this morning. Um, and then 
And then uh, you can catch the recorded version after. You can catch the recorded version on our app as well. Our app is can be found on the iOS or Android app store. Just search for Horse Radio Network. It's free. It's easy to use. It's the best way to listen to the recorded versions of the shows. But that's it for today. You can find all the links to the guests that we had on today's show at horsesinthemorning.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and just search for Horses in the Morning. All of our shows can be found at Horse Radio at Horse Radio Network. Work. That's it for this week, Karen. We will talk to you again next month, okay? Next month. Yeah. All right. Second Tuesday of the month. Karen's always here with our Endurance Day episode of Horses in the Morning.